Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. In today's Gospel, we see St. John the Baptist coming on the scene. St. John, you could see, is an icon of the season of Advent. John's role is to prepare the people to receive Jesus, heart, mind, and soul, and prepare to welcome them into their spiritual life. Now, in many ways, we can't fully understand Jesus without coming to grips with St. John. John is in all four of the Gospels. He's a very prominent figure. John's purpose now for us is that he prepares us to receive Jesus Christ into our life each and every day in a greater and greater way. And so we can't confront Jesus unless we hear and act on John's words, just like the people did in the gospel. Where is John? He's in the desert. It's a basic biblical truth. The desert is a special spiritual place. It's a spiritually charged place for many people. We see that up and down sacred scripture in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament. I'll give you some examples. Moses, he sees an Egyptian official beating a fellow Israelite. He becomes incredibly angry with that and he kills the Egyptian official. And then he flees into the desert, leaving his homeland of Egypt. He spends many years in the desert as a shepherd until he finally confronts God on top of Mount Sinai. Or look at the Exodus story. Moses, again, he leads the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt to the promised land. And yet before they get there, they have to wander through the desert for 40 years as they work on the relationship and their covenant with God. Look at Jesus. Before he begins his public ministry, He goes into the desert to battle the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. Look at St. Paul. On the road to Damascus, he meets the least likely person he would ever encounter, Jesus Christ, and his life is changed forever. He converts to Christianity, and yet he doesn't begin his life of evangelization as an apostle. He doesn't go and meet the apostles in Jerusalem. Instead, he immediately flees into the Arabian desert and he spends three years there before he finally comes to go to Jerusalem to confer with the apostles. And so it begs the question, what is it about the desert that makes it such a spiritually charged place for so many people? Well, the desert is a place where we're forced to confront the truths about our life and our faith. There are no distractions in the desert. If you've ever been in a desert before, you know it's a desolate place. When I was living in Israel, I would often go to the Judean desert, which is east of Jerusalem by the Dead Sea. It was a barren and desolate place. There were no comforts. There was very little vegetation. It was all rock and sand. 
And so the desert forces us to confront the basic truths of our life and our faith. More to it, there are no illusions. There's no deception in the desert. We can't kid ourselves anymore. Great example of this is the banner theology that was so prevalent in our church during the 70s and 80s. The theology of I'm okay, you're okay, we're all okay. Well, that's a great example of self-deception, refusing to look honestly at the truths in our life. You know, if you're okay and I'm okay and everything is okay, then we are in no need of a Savior or even being saved. That's crazy. Advent is a time in which we must go out into our own spiritual desert. Stop kidding ourselves. Get back to the basic questions about our life and our faith. The question of, what does my faith and relationship with God look like? The question of, what do I need to change in my life to become stronger spiritually? We, like the people in the gospel today, we must summon the courage to confront the basic spiritual truths of our life. And so John is preaching in the desert. What's the very first thing he says? Repent. That's the very first thing that Jesus said when he began his public ministry. Repent. So there's something important to that message. The Greek word for repent is metanoia. It's a combination of two Greek words, meta and nous. Meta means to change. Nous means mind. So when John says repent, he means change your mind. Change your mind and your perspective of looking at things in your life in this world. See the world from a different point of view. And so it begs the question, how do we see the world? Well, on a typical day, people will ask us, how was your day going? Well, we see the day and the events of our day as it pertains to ourselves, to me. You know, how was I noticed at work? You know, how did the boss congratulate me for a job well done? How was I inconvenienced with the traffic this morning? We see everything as it pertains to me, to my perspective. Well, what's John's message? Metanoia, go beyond yourself. See the world not as it always relates to me. Regarding my joys and my wants and my struggles all come first. Instead, see the world from the perspective of God and God's will. Take a typical day. See that day not just as it always is about me and my wants and my desires come first. Instead, see the day on which God sees things, everything connected to God. Everything in this world flows to and from God and doing God's will. You see, then that's the converted mind. And that's what John is getting at. Now notice, John says next, the kingdom of God is at hand. Well, the kingdom of God is right here, right now. The kingdom of God is the well-ordered soul. Souls that have ordered their will to the will of God. That's the true kingdom of God. And it's here right now in our presence, in our day and age. Next, in the story, the people are going out. They listen to John, they confess their sins, and they act and are baptized. Well, that's great. That's the metanoia. They've opened their heart, mind, and soul, their will and their intellect, and they've changed. They embrace the will of God 
and they've acted upon it by being baptized. Now next, John describes the coming of the Messiah. He says, even now the axe lies at the root of the trees. Well, that's a very unusual axe. You know, most axes that we use to cut down trees, we always leave a stump behind. It's only natural. But this axe cuts to the very roots. Rather than leaving a stump behind, it cuts deep to the roots. And so what are we to make of this? Well, Jesus is not interested in a superficial conversion or a half-hearted attempt by us. We say to ourselves, well, I'm going to change this behavior, but I'm going to keep this behavior, and I might have to work on these behaviors if I get some time. No, Jesus wants a total conversion on our part. Jesus wants to get to the very roots of our intellect and our will, the very roots of our heart, mind, and soul. First, to rid ourselves of anything that causes our sinfulness, whatever it may be, envy, pride, anger, power, jealousy, whatever it is. Second, and most important, Jesus wants to get at the very root of our life, to take up residence there. And in doing so, now Christ becomes the source of change in our life and change for the better. Again, this is the purpose and the symbol of the desert, where we have to get to the very root of our faith life and change, but change for the better. And this is why Jesus wants this, because it's precisely where he wants to live in us. He wants to live at the very roots of our thoughts, at the very roots of our words, and the roots of our actions. See, when that happens, then we see the world from God's perspective, everything connected to God and God's will, rather from our own narrow perspective. One last thing to think about. John says, I am baptizing you with water for repentance, but the one who is coming after me is mightier than I. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand. He will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Well, Jesus wants nothing more than for us to participate in that Trinitarian community of love that exists between the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. It first started at our baptism. That's why I always say, baptism is the second greatest event in our life. Because at the moment of our baptism, that Trinitarian community of love that exists between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit was joined to our life, never to be separated ever again. And that gives us all the promise of immortality to come for each and every one of us. But it doesn't stop there. Through subsequent sacraments, especially the Eucharist, we are drawn into a deeper and deeper union of that Trinitarian community of love that exists between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for the express purpose that we might have life and life in abundance, not just in this world, but in the world to come, the world we are all tending to, the world of heaven. And yet, it all first begins with that spiritual journey into the desert. We must go into the desert, just like the people in the gospel today. 
confident, summon the courage to enter into that desert and meet the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, and allow him to change our life from the better, to align our will to the will of God, and to allow the metanoia to occur in our own life. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.